Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Judy and Rod Jones. We recorded this on the front porch of the cabin in the backyard of Hunter and Susie Owens' house in Sydney. By the way, Hunter and Susie, thanks again for hosting me for so long. I had a great time hanging out with y'all, and I can't wait to come back and see you. Quick note about this week's episode, I'm usually the banjo player on the show, but Judy is a first place Galax winner, so I was happy to work on my old time guitar playing for this one, so y'all can hear Judy on the banjo. This episode is brought to you in part by Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan. When the urge to buy more instruments surfaces, or you just need more music accessories like picks and tuners and strings, go stock up at elderly.com. Now, while Get Up In The Cool does have sponsors, it's mainly funded by its listeners. If you like Get Up In The Cool and want to keep it going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, here's my interview and jam with Judy and Rod Jones. Enjoy. Judy and Rod Jones, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot for having us. Pleasure to be on the program. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're at um, uh, Hunter and Susie's house uh, in Sydney. I've been in Australia for a month and a week or two. Wow. And (laughs) ever since I got here, people have been saying, gotta get Rod and Judy, gotta get Rod and Judy, over and over and over again. And I've heard so much about you two, um, and I'm really excited to finally meet you. Yeah, we're likewise. On, yeah. It, yeah. Sound, it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like y'all are uh, um, in no small part responsible for the the state of the bluegrass and old time scene in, in Australia. Mm. Well, I guess we saved the, the the seed for it. Very good. Forty, forty, 40 odd seed. years ago, yeah, about forty something years ago. And then other people just 
Tokat and the groove from there. Mm. Yeah, sure has. Very good. Well, I want to start like at the beginning um, with each of you. Um, um, I'm going to start with you, Judy. Um, so, where where did you start playing music? How old were you? Uh, when I started playing music, yeah. probably about three or four. What did you play when you were three or four? I tried to play the piano. You and tried to I, play? Yeah, and then I learnt the recorder at school, as we all did. Yes. And then I learnt the piano properly. Uh-huh. And I, so I was interested in, in, in and playing music and listening to music hmm. on my whole life, really. And I kind of discovered folk music at one stage. And from there, I kind of seeged into old-time music. I yeah. met Rod. When did you discover folk music? What, what happened? How did that happen? Well, you know, it was kind of the popular music when I was a student at university. Yes, yeah, so like so the revival. Yeah, the, the revival revi- yeah, folk sure. music, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I had a boyfriend who had Sing Out magazines and heard songbooks. Heard of that? Yes, yeah. Yep, you've heard of it before yes. you were born. And, uh, <laughs> and I, um, I read those and I looked at the songs in them. And then, I don't know, when I was about 19, 20, 20 maybe, I met Rod. I didn't have that other boyfriend by then, by the way. And uh, you don't need to. Def- <laughs> <laughs> no, I met Rod. You don't need an he alibi. And he actually had yeah. records with the music on. Oh, you know, yeah. they're those things, those revival vinyl things. Yeah. Uh, we had records with the music on, so I actually got to listen to these records with the music I'd been reading about in the mm. Sing Out magazine. That's so seventy-eight. Yeah, some seventy-eight and some, some yeah. you know LPs or whatever they were, and from there I just got more and more interested in it. I played guitar mm. at that stage. I just started learning guitar. And I got more and more interested and then a friend gave me a book called The Foxfire Book. I'm familiar with The Foxfire Book, yeah. And Could, can I, you recap yep. it? Because I've, I've only heard about it. Okay, there was a magazine called The Foxfire Magazine that a teacher, an English teacher in... Georgia. Georgia got his students to write and they went around and they interviewed um, older people in their community and talked to them about all the traditional things they mm. could do, basket making, banjo making, mm. music, singing ballads, all that sort of stuff. And so I got that book and I devoured it and I thought, you know, this is not just music, this is actually music and a whole lot of other things, cultural things, yeah. culture things that go with it and I just, it kind of spoke to my heart and my heart yeah. spoke back and that's, I kind of got trapped in that forever, I think, you know, okay. old time music and bluegrass, mm. yeah. So, so at that point you were playing guitar? In a string band, yeah. In a string band? And uh, Rod was playing fiddle and we had a guy playing banjo and another woman playing guitar and we all sang as well. Uh, yeah, when was this? 78. 78. 78. And Something like that, yeah. And you've been playing together played, yeah. ever since. So we played, we were playing dances, a lot of dances. And um, so then I, I don't know, the banjo bug hit me. And I just was quietly learning banjo. And I said to the banjo player, I said, Peter, I've been learning banjo, but I'm not trying to take your place in the <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah. He said, actually, I've been learning fiddle, but I'm not trying to take Rod's place yeah. in the band. And Rod said, I've always wanted a band with two fiddles in it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it became that from that moment yeah. onwards, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, one of several bands we've been in over the years together, always together. So, yeah. What inspired you to start learning banjo? I, I can't answer that question because I knew I'd known a banjo player called Larry, I can't remember his last name, who came from 
North Carolina, Taylor. Virginia. Yeah, mm. Larry Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Larry Taylor. And, you know, so I'd been around someone who played there, about three other players I, who that I knew. But I don't know... But I, you know, I still play guitar and I don't know. I don't really know. It was just like a virus that got a hold of me. Yeah. Yeah, was it uh, any particular style at that point? Do you a Apart from being Clawhammer, no. no okay, that yeah, that's style a, that I loved, yeah. yeah very good. that style mm -hmm. I loved, yeah. In your original uh, string band lineup, what kind of music were y'all playing? This? <laughs> this music. Yeah. Yeah, well, so like specifically old time and yeah. not bluegrass music? Um... There were some of the 40s. Okay. Songs that we sang, oh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we played for dancers. Um, so your instrumental music was like specifically not, yeah, not bluegrass music. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. sometimes. But the songs we sang ranged from really old ballads sure. through Part so. of Family, yeah, through uh, bluegrass songs. I suppose well. the. From the New Lost City Ramblers sort of repertoire, yes, really, very good. sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Set variety mm. where, where was this was this all in Sydney when this yep. was happening yeah, yeah well yes and the other half of our band that band I'm talking about which was the called the Possum Trot School Exhibition the Possum Trot School excuse me Possum Trot School Exhibition Possum Trot School yeah. from a good band name from a skit by the skillet that goes basically oh very good very good um, uh, the other half of that band lived south of Sydney so we spent a lot of time driving down there we come home Put the dog and our clothes in the yeah. car and head off down there, pull out the sofa yeah. bed, go to sleep, get up, practice, go and play, go home again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing there was that a lot of the songs we did, local people knew them mm. because they had been played over radio stations oh, back yeah. in the 1940s and yeah. the 19, early 1950s. Mm. Of course, one of the people who gave the main impetus to the collection of old time music was a guy who lived in Sydney called John Edwards who unfortunately was killed in a car crash and uh, his collection which he'd gone round to radio stations all over Australia and collected thousands of, of 78s and uh, when he died that was shipped to University of uh, Los, Los Angeles California, Los California Angeles. and then subsequently it went over to the Southern Folklore collection but he inspired a lot of people in the states it was worth in collecting interesting this sort of music Carter family those people they when they were popular in the 30s and 40s that all their records were released here yeah so same with groups like the skillet lickers father had skillet lickers records the delmore brothers mm. uh he played guitar and uh, so so was it safe to say that the um the music that y'all played was from commercial recordings was that like the what you most had access to because it was collections yeah. collections yes, of 78s yes, and things like right, that yeah. so that's like what could make it over here because i've been really yeah. curious mm. about um you know how how did this music reach here and mm. it sounds like he was a well, big part of it yeah. the minstrel bands paved the way the minstrel bands back in the 1850s minstrel bands in australia that came mostly the initial ones from the u.s so there were touring minstrel bands that yes. came here. They right. toured and uh, their influence, there were even Aboriginal minstrel bands. Intre now, when you say that, you mean Aboriginal folks yeah. that would perform. Yeah. Did the and Aboriginal folks put on blackface? 
No, they didn't have to, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. We don't actually know. We don't know. We don't know. Although some yeah. of them said they did. So yeah, we don't know that. That's the thing. I've heard that that's happened in the states. That yeah. like mm. some black folks would have yeah. a minstrel band. But that and also uh, that was the popular music of the day. Oh sure, sure. Eighteen fifties. Mm. Uh, Never even thought about the the touring possibilities. Yeah, well, it was three weeks by sailing ship from California. Yeah, and then you would and they stick around. <laughs> Well, do the rounds, yeah. There was a uh, theatrical company called J.C. Williams, mm. I think. Uh, they used to go to the States and recruit probably three or four hundred entertainers who they'd bring out. And uh, until 1919, there were no uh, immigration or any restrictions from yeah. the 1850s. They had 50, 60 years of continual input from from over there and uh, they spawn you know local local groups uh, but also back in the 1930s uh, we played various places but it was oh you're doing exactly what such and such mm. we there didn't play in the 1930s <laughs> <bands. laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. you mean we as in Australians yeah yeah, yeah. Australia, yeah. 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 and of course country music yeah. right from Jimmy Rogers yes yes yeah. Did Jimmy Rogers come over here? No, okay. but his, uh, his <laughs> recordings. recordings did. Yeah. Okay, recordings. of course. And they yeah. had the impact on the uh, local. Yeah, they did. Country music scene. Very good. Um, hmm. So I guess that's uh, it's not something that was suddenly deposited, but right. Being around and you know we've come across older people. I mm. mean, first I think in uh, would have been. Uh, early 1950s, the first fiddle, live fiddle I ever heard um, on radio, I mean, Mr. Hank Williams was, his band was yeah. really popular, and there were shows where they had material like that, but I went along to uh, uh, a show that was being put on sharpshooting, trick riding, mm. uh, this guy and his wife, she played guitar, he played fiddle, and they had these dogs that danced. And I think the first <laughs> tune I ever heard, I think it was Ragtime Annie. Oh, yeah. And uh, whether the, uh, the early days of square dance, because square dance music was absolutely the most popular thing in the 40s and 50s. place like Bondi Beach, they have 4,000 people dancing. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, was of, this distinct yeah. from bush dancing then? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bush yeah. dancing didn't really exist back then. Really? Yeah. That was... A the way people have been talking about it, it's like it's been around forever. No. Well, no. no. It grew Certain out of... little areas. Yeah. Actually, a lot of their repertoire came from the minstrel bands. Yeah. yeah. The minstrel bands would feature maybe an Irish singer or something. Mm -hmm. But the tunes uh, is like well, one of the most iconic tunes in Australia. Click Go the Shears is actually the words... The first verse and the tune came from Henry C. Work. I'm familiar with Henry and C. Work. And it was yeah. called uh, "Watchman Ring the Bell." Watchman Ring the Bell. And mm. the first lines of that are virtually the same. The tune is the same. Interesting. Mm. We first caught on of that and heard Stoneman's uh, Stoneman family were mm. doing an instrumental version of it. And I thought, "That's click go the shears." Mm. So they, they, they were around. Square dancing was really popular in the 40s and, uh, and 50s. And people out in the country, they had a, a dancing night. It'd be square dancing. And they clear out the furniture from the house. Um, they did a lot of it to 
recorded music. Uh, first square dancing I think came from, grew from movement up in Newcastle. Uh, a guy from, actually from New England who started it. <laughs> and then it spread round. So. And mostly end up being like Western square dancing, so you went along and had lessons and everything. But there were some instrumentalists around. There's a couple of websites got some early recordings, and I noticed on that that there was somebody playing Ragtime Annie. It could have been the guy that I saw. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Could have been the guy you heard. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny how um, how things got around hmm. even way back then before the. I, I kind of can't imagine you know growing up with. I grew up when the internet started and you know so like you know I had dial up in my house and like it's so strange to think about Mm. uh, the culture getting out all the way over here oh it's so easy nowadays yeah well you've got to think about during the gold rush right uh, in 1850 they did a census in Victoria in the country areas and the majority of the population were from the US oh wow so you see a lot of architecture and that in western US which you'll see in the country towns and that that here the fronts and huh. all that but remember there were there were no um, immigration restrictions right 1850 once the British decided that they wouldn't keep it as secluded uh, convict colonies yeah so then people came from from everywhere and also the other thing is 1860s after the Civil War there were a whole lot of people um, left both from the north and south that emigrated to Australia and hmm. settled in Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, I hadn't for some reason I honestly had never really thought of it like because I've been like trying to do this journey of figuring out how traditional American music got over here. Hmm. Hadn't even occurred to me that there would be heaps of heaps of Americans who moved over here, yeah. especially during the gold yeah. rush, when they're like, you know, California's yeah. played out. Let's hear there's gold. Well, yeah. My grandfather <laughs> used, used to know parts of old ballads, and one of the ballads that he sang, I since found out, uh, the tune, uh, sorry, the version that he sang mm-hmm. was uh, the US version. Hmm. And also there's one that we uh, do, which is a fairly common one called Babes in the Woods. Uh, the tune from it is, is that we sing that I got from my grandfather is apparently a Texan. Interesting. <laughs> Very. But interesting. he was out gold mining in the 1930s, and they would have met a lot of the older people who are <laughs> still still around. This is totally paradigm shifting for me. This is great. I think we should play another tune. Are you ready yeah. to play another tune? What do you want to play next? That first one was Wake Up Susan. We'll do Twin Sisters. Twin Sisters. Yeah. Okay, this is uh, Twin Sisters. This is well, we've only learnt this year, actually. Oh, very good.
I love that too. Good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I also had the advantage. My father played guitar and sang some of the old country songs, as well as doing Bing Crosby stuff. Is that how you found this music? Is your your dad playing? My father played guitar yeah. and yeah. they sang, and grandfather had friends around and they did uh, a whole bunch of things like uh, uh, Big Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> oh yeah. Things so. And then you'd hear them occasionally on radio. Hmm. So I guess I was uh, privileged. Yes, that to, is a gift. To have that have music in the home. around in the hmm. in the home. So we thought we we're fairly exceptional, but I have come across other other people who grew up in that same era, mostly out in the country areas. So. Yeah. So um, when did y'all start going to the states? Nineteen seventy-nine. Yes. We we were lucky enough that the airfares were de deregulated. What was it? Deregulated, so they came down, yeah. and we got full time jobs after being but students and mm -hmm. poor and broke for a long in time. So we saved up. In Australian we dollars, the round trip, say in 1978, was about three thousand dollars to go by plane. Wow. Most people travelled by ship. That was the. Mm. As long as you had the time, that's the way you. Did you all travel by went. ship? No. Okay. No, no, because <laughs> we're fortunate. You know that three thousand dollar airfare. I worked out the equivalent today probably be thirty thousand mm. dollars. That's insane. That's so the airfare. How much? So yeah. much? Why was it so expensive? Uh, airfare? because air travel was for the right for the, people. The right you know. sort of people. You know, the, the wealthy. The wealthy, yeah. yeah. But uh, it dropped from three thousand to. Six hundred and fifty dollars mm. round trip to um, Raleigh in North Carolina. That's the so we saved up and off we went, and we didn't. It we dropped then. Yeah. Yes, in just when we were able to save enough money to go. So we saved and we we went up for six weeks. We knew somebody that banjo player we talked about, Larry. He lived he in lived Virginia in, in, in Raleigh. Raleigh in North Carolina. So we flew and we yeah. stayed with him for a couple of days. And he took us to his parents' place in Virginia Beach, and we stayed with them. Mm. We bought a car, mm. um, which they finally let us drive on the road. <laughs> they were very protective. They yeah. took us in the family. And off we went. And we, our very first festival was in Barbersville in Kentucky. And they, the, the festivals back in those times, they weren't quite as divided into old-time and bluegrass. So this had one everything. had a mixture of things. At it. Yeah. yeah, it had a real mixture. There was some wonderful um, shape note singing, oh, wonderful. singing, you know, just a, yeah. a group from a church. There was, we saw the Bailey brothers who we had on a record that we thought yeah. must have died a long time ago, and there they were still playing, you know, yeah. so it was incredible. Was the Bailey brothers, and we were introduced to Gloria Bell Fleckinger, who was playing bass with the Bailey brothers, and she was Jimmy Martin's she was Jimmy Martin's bass player, player. Mm. and She's she played banjo with the Bailey she Brothers. She mentioned yeah. somebody, Molly O'Day, and she said you should go and visit her. She lived in Huntington in West Virginia. She was she actually my like hero. A, she was my hero. When, when did like a house singing. call? Yep. And she her. was your how, uh, your she hero was my before hero. that? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. as far as singing goes. She, well, recorded. she played banjo and sang. Yeah, she played yeah. banjo and sang, you know, yeah. and she was, and she had stopped recording and, and performing publicly in the mm. 50s actually so but her anyway, and her husband uh, Lynn Davis uh, she ran a uh, shut-in radio show 
and she invited us to sit <laughs> while she did the program. Mm. Did you, did you get to play with her at all? Was no, she still playing she at that point? No, not really. Okay. No, not really. But you got no. to meet your hero. Got to meet yeah. her and, so, yeah, and, get, yeah. and well, sit with her and spend a whole day with her She said to us, husband, she said, know. she never could stand it. Well, she preferred Lulu Bell and Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't stand her own voice. So then she said, um, you ought to go and meet the Dobbs boys. Oh, boys, yeah. I should say. Um, they've got a shop in called the Fretton Fiddle in Huntington in West Virginia. So off we went to meet the Dobbs boys. We met Dennis Dobbs, the younger of the Dobbs boys, and Joe Dobbs, the older of them, who wasn't young, of course. And he became our lifelong close friend. Mm. Um, we And we kind of kept going back. We thought we were going for one trip, and every time we yeah. had enough money saved, off we went again. <laughs> yeah. yeah so wonderful. we used to go every few years or so. Yeah. And now we go every year. Was we're any, retired. Were there were there very many other people going to the states for this music back then? Yeah, we'd met That's some few, people yeah. that had yeah. mainly from Victoria who had yeah. Oh, yeah. gone to Galax and mm. uh, places, yep. places like that. Hmm. A few, but you know. Yeah, I mean back 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 mm. in those days, it was really interesting. Uh, you know, it was just all two lane roads. In the mountains, mm -hmm. uh, interstate sort of finished before you got to the. <laughs> so we went to, you know, travelled all over the mountains and met people like Carl Creed and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, oh, a whole bunch of of. Uh, those people we just drove up and with people yeah. said, "Oh, you should go over and see." So we did. So and so, <laughs> so we did. Were people happy to uh, have Australians visiting? Ah. Absolutely. Yeah. They couldn't believe that we were interested in their it was music. It's honouring to them. Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah, so good. Well, yeah. 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 I think that's that so was friendly. also the like beginning of interest from outside the US, and they really couldn't didn't know what to make of this, mm. having been considered the the bottom of the, yeah. the sociological rung, and the, uh, and that the music wasn't worth anything, and mm. that that was yeah took them you know the idea of people like saving up to come yeah. not only to come hear their music but to come visit them yeah, and spend time with yeah, them yeah, yeah. yeah no, i bet really that was really special yeah well, i can remember special time, one time us, I think, yeah. yes yeah uh teaching a guy to to play um old joe clark his grandfather had played fiddle but he hadn't found anyone locally that actually played fiddle and he had his grandfather's fiddle yeah. so i showed him a and yeah. I was by way of being <laughs> just about an intermediate player and I thought oh, I've learned so much and the same thing happened I spent quite a lot of time showing people yeah. how to play call him mm. a banjo they didn't have anyone to learn from so it was kind of weird for us you know oh great but you know weird <laughs> yeah, so um, we just things it was that, great uh, wasn't it there wasn't any generation mm. there wasn't was anything the about it that the whole trip that was disappointing oh, man. six weeks of just it was wonderful. It really was, you know. So, anyway. <laughs> what all do you want to play next? Uh, let's get this. Oh, the, you're going you're gonna to do some singing for us, huh? Oh, yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, yeah. The uh, Waltz. The Is waltz. that the Waltz? Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, we, uh, this, is, this is a very long song, of which there's about 55 verses. And you're going to do all of them? We're going to sing two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're going to sing two. But we did sing this. We do join friends at the Blue Ridge Music Centre when we're over in Galax, around Galax. Yeah. And we sang this and we did say that. And at the end of it, someone said, could you sing the rest of the 55 verses? And we said, 
no actually we don't know them yeah so, and they were serious yeah. so. uh, the, origi- the original version uh, from which the two verses we sing come from uh, is about no, it's maybe not that many verses we call it Lass of Loch Royan or Loch mm. Royale and uh, if you ever get to look up the words are really poignant uh, tragic song Could, couldn't sing it uh, I don't know whether this melody is from it or such a beautiful melody mm, it's pretty isn't it that's a really interesting song construction as well Ooh. <laughs> just to do that like you always think that there's going to be some sort of lyric rhyming scheme happening oh there probably is and then probably you just is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. i don't know how I we really got it from i like that you all sing it like that that's great <laughs> yeah. thanks mm. Thanks for playing guitar. Oh, and yeah. thanks for playing guitar with all these, too. Oh, it's great. of course. Yeah, it's yeah. a treat for me. I need to work on my all-time <laughs> guitar playing. 
I'm spoiled. I get to play too much banjo. Speaking of banjo, um, you you won banjo at Galax. It's a long time ago. A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, 1986. 1986, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, uh... We worked out she was the second... The second woman. ...woman, but the first overseas... First, yeah. first uh, foreigner. Not just a little bit out of town, but way out way of town. Way out of town, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. And um, just recently, we were in Galax in a record store and mm. some younger friends of ours were there and they were excited because they found the Galax... The, the, the record, they always make a record with a record, a vinyl, from 1986. Yeah. I wasn't on the record but they turned it over and they said you're on the back here, you won! I said, well yeah I did but actually. But on that, yeah, yeah. That, that year we did record we did, for yeah. Heritage Records mm. in, in Galax they did an international Galax uh, LP at that time. Called Galax International. And they <laughs> reissued it on, on CD. Yeah. But had people from Japanese oh, yeah. players, yeah. Uh, people England, from uh, yeah. England, the and Europe as well. That was Thea Lissenberg was on it yeah. too, wasn't mm. Beautiful. Mm. What yeah. was that? What was that like? Winning um, the oldest <laughs> <laughs> festival, you know, of this music. An absolute. Like, I w- I'm just sitting it. there. I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there, and yeah. they announced my name, and it just went over my head. And then I went to, and Rod said, that was you. And I went to speak, and my voice had gone. We looked at, so yeah. at some of the yeah. other, on this list, and yeah. had some of the other people that she had beaten in the, in the places there, and they were some really well-known yeah. players. Yeah, <laughs> right on. Just, yeah. just the right tune, the right banjo, and the right time, right. right judges. I don't know. What did you play? I played St. Anne's Real. St. Anne's Real, yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah. I had a, a line of an absolutely beautiful banjo that was in this friend we spoke of, Joe Dobbs's shop, that had belonged to a very close friend with of mine. Number seven, that. Vega. Yeah, mm. with a skinhead that Nine. you could see what through. The maximum, maximum. It was, <laughs> you know, just lucky, just lucky. I well, yeah. I'm sure it was a little bit more than that. <laughs> I understand yeah. the idea of you know you're at a festival and like, or you're at a contest and it's like who's Who's going to be judging? Someone that likes what I do, or someone that like has a different taste? But I had no idea. Yeah, I had no well, idea. I just got up and played on my now, own. You see, you so you're the second woman to win yes, banjo. Yeah. Um, yeah. We found somebody else had uh, yeah. got a place. I can't remember her name though. At that time, <laughs> at that time, was it also were women regularly winning the fiddle, or, or was that also sort of male dominated in terms of winners? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. really remember. Yeah, so I don't remember probably, it being an issue. Yeah. I mean, uh, in fiddle, I mean, had whoever oh, the yeah. you know, people were all, all famous. All those know, famous old, all, all the masters, old masters. Yeah, sure. you know, like Benton Flippin and yeah, you know, all those people were still around and yeah, still competing, know, huh? Still yeah. competing. Oh and, yeah, and of course <laughs> they should get the places. That's my opinion. Anyway, right, you know, right. Yeah. It was right. just magic, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but you know, she managed to play Saint Anne's Real in the. the Close enough to Galax style that they. That like. they're like, gotta give it to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. good, very yeah. good. Yeah, anyway, so. well done. Yeah, you're a, a festival winner as well, right? You've done some. Yeah. <laughs> gotten some ribbons. Just oh, oh yeah, got a few ribbons. I yeah. Just, 
I just wish I could play that well all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's placed at Galax twice. Very good. Um, and yeah. uh, he's placed at Freeze Fiddler's Convention, which... Um, I've heard of this one, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's, some it's people like say... It's like Fries, right? It's yeah, how it looks, looks like well, Fries, yeah. Uh, but it's Freeze. <laughs> freeze in winter and fries in summer. Oh, that's what the yeah, I guess. Yeah. Great, but great. it's named for a guy who's uh, Von Freeze. Von Freeze, yeah. Who established the um, big uh, woolen mills there. Mm. That the va- a huge number of old-time musicians were employed. Oh, incredible! There. If you Just go incredible. back, go out to the Blue Ridge Museum, and the list of there's just like everybody. Mm who was prominent in the 30s, mm. uh, the 20s and 30s, that all the, the the top of the old time music tree, virtually all of them mm. came from around that area. Mm. So they, some people say, uh, first at Galax, third at Freeze. So it was pretty good. The I think yeah. you got third, didn't you, or fifth or something? I can't remember. Very but good. you know, some people say, oh, the standard there is just really high. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I say that too. Yeah. yeah, I say that. But too. I put it down to the fiddle I got loaned. I mean, it <laughs> yeah, anyway. played itself, and uh, yeah. one of a pretty well certain uh, pedigree. All the papers apparently been lost for a, a Stradivarius, so I got to play a whole time oh, yeah. fiddle tune on what is purported to be a you genuine You didn't, not in the competition though. No. No, not in the competition, <laughs> in the competition. just in a private home. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. And uh, that that was something. I think this is the the tune I played on it, this Smith's Reel. Mm. So oh, very good. Well, great segue then. Let's we'll do it then. Yeah. Yeah. Smith's Reel. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, that's a festival winner right there. Very good. <laughs> well, Ribbon yeah, worthy. A place winner. A place winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Place I think there are 100 and, I looked at 120 fiddlers. Entered. Entered. Yeah. Hmm. And I think about 98 of them competed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty one good. One of those things. Well, it's been really, really lovely to talk with you all and hear your stories. Um, I feel like I've been trying to figure out the the definitive sort of like, you know, trad music, uh, American trad music in Australia story, and I feel like you guys have really helped me <laughs> kind of right. figure that out. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. More on that. I, I guess the other sort of difference, I mean, um, depended on, uh, you know, your family. My, my father was a house painter, so his friends were just mm. people who uh, worked with their hands, usually, and they seemed to be attracted to... Yeah. Hmm. Something about the, it's like building, kind yeah. of, like the music is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, back in 1975, we started, we, a friend saw us do a workshop at a folk festival on bluegrass and old-time music. And he came up and he said, I think we could start a banjo club. Very good. And we said, we think it needs to be a bit broader than that. So yeah. we put up noses around the university I went to and we all met in a room and 30-something people came along. Mm. And so we figured out a name, which was the Bluegrass and Traditional Country Music Society. We added Australia a few years later. Yeah. Um, and we decided we'd meet on the first Saturday, first Friday of the month. And we're still going on the first Saturday of the month. Very neat. So how many years later, I don't know. So it's still happening. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's where a lot of people got introduced to this to this I music think here. So, yeah. yeah. Very, and very and cool. they were. Other people yeah, active other people, in South yeah. Australia and down yes. in Victoria in yeah. particular. Yeah, that's so, right, yeah. But uh, ours was the first actual organisation for cool. it. We wanted somewhere um, to play regularly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> play our music. And some friends of ours in Victoria about eight or nine years after started um, thing called, started a similar thing in Victoria they call picking at the piggery is that Janet and Nick yeah Janet and Nick, very good yeah. I got to meet Janet yeah. I haven't right. met Nick yet uh, yeah. Grace really yeah. got close to hear her bass playing yeah she's wonderful, wonderful. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then between the four of us we started a, a bluegrass and traditional country music convention um, and we ran that right. for 24 years is that years. the one known as Harrietville yeah yes. yeah very very and good we ran that for 24 years and then we other people are going. Other people are running it. Sure, sure. Now, which is really good. But you, you did it for a, a long time and sort we of established did. this yeah. big yep. party well, that people other, wanted to go to. Yeah, the, yeah. absolutely. It was like what, a family. The predecessor thing. to that, though, was the Yarra Junction uh, Fiddlers Convention. Fiddlers Convention. Yep, that's even older. Started oh, by the late Ken McMaster, and that was where we got the ideas about doing things a little bit <laughs> different. And mm. Yeah. So well, thanks for all the great work that you guys have done in like um, keeping this music alive and spreading it around, saving mm. the seeds, as you say. Yeah, yeah. it's really, seeds. really no, good. I think the other thing too, I know a lot of people who uh, had started out playing Irish music, mm -hmm. and they realised that a huge number of the tunes we play uh, crossover, uh, sure, from well, you know, um, from the Irish tunes that one we play before um, called Kitty's Wedding. Mm. Uh, rather, rather than the um, uh, Smith's Reel. Very good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a combination of the two there. Yeah. So it's just that it's uh, changed it. Well, and that Twin Sisters. It's yes. Boys of Blue Hill. Boys of Blue it's Hill. just it's yeah. played in uh, four, four times. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the syncopation, I guess that's the yeah. The change. So you know, I don't know how much we'll probably do it until we can't. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. So if um, people are coming through Sydney and um, they uh, want to join a jam, or if people are already in the area and they want to learn more about the this music, what where should people go? Well, on the first Saturday of the month, we still, as we said, still uh, involved in the, we call it Sydney Bluegrass and Old Time Music Get Together. Mm-hmm. So it's the first Saturday of the month, March to December. It's at the Annandale Neighbourhood or Community Centre. Yeah. Um, at 6.30 there's a, like a begin, it's not exactly a beginner's workshop, but what we call safety in numbers. People come together. All levels. Yeah, yeah, all levels. People come together to learn three songs. Um, and they've often been working on them in between because there's a whole yeah. email network. And then they get up and start our concert at quarter to eight. Oh, very good. And then it's a, it's it's an open mic concert, but people kind of, there's so many people want to play their book in advance. So it's like little cameos of everybody. Uh, we often have a I special I think last guest. month we had 16 acts. Yeah. Oh, so neat. it starts at 7.45 and sometimes finishes at midnight. But yeah. Mixture bluegrass night. and old time. Yeah, bluegrass and old time. And all night there's jamming because yes. we have quite a large area. So there's a room, there's two corridors. And, you know, and then, so there's... So great. there's something for everyone. You yep. can come yep. learn a song. Yep. Uh, learn three songs. Yeah. And then get a chance to perform if that's what you want to do. Yep. Yeah. Or just jam. Or just yep. come and see us and say, or just come and I've co- I play, I sing songs and play guitar, and we'll try and yeah. fit you in. And it's really great. Or you can just sit and listen. You don't even have to have an instrument if you got, you know, can open your mouth. That's there you go. Yeah, yeah. very good. So there's lots of other stuff on, but that's the thing we're involved with in, mm. with, with regularly. Yeah. Well, thanks, Judy and Ron. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Thank it's you. Really, really good tunes and songs and good stories. Thank you. Yeah. What what. Uh, What's the name? The actual name of the song? God's Radio. Yeah, it's called God's Radio Phone. God's it's Radio Phone <laughs> from the Mainers. Very good. I'll need the mandolin. Oh yeah, oh, I gotta yeah. go and get the mandolin. Yeah, go. <laughs>
which went up on Mount Carmel, our minister's mentioned to attend. The DD professors and fakers were then all over the land. There was a question from Trenchard, is God a male that will own? They large broke up the assembly with sparks from God's radio phone. Judy and Rod and the Mighty Fine String Band will be at the Sydney Bluegrass and Old Time Music Get-Together on Saturday, December 1st, 2018 at the Annandale Community Center, 79 Johnston Street, Annandale. The Sydney Get-Together is on the first Saturday of each month, March through December. Make sure to join the group on Facebook, linked in the show notes. I was lucky enough to be in Sydney for November's Get-Together, and I had a great time watching the trad music open mic and jamming. If you're in Sydney, you should make a point to go. Get Up in the Cool is listener-supported. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can afford to keep making it at this rate, visit getupinthecool.com and click the button that says Patreon. Then choose a support level that works for you and get its corresponding reward. Give a little, and I'll give you an on-air shout-out. Give a little more, and you could get access to the bonus track blog, where I post the extra tune that my guests and I play for each episode, including this one. At higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop or download the whole Get Up In The Cool tune archive, featuring every tune and song ever played on the show, including the bonus tracks, tagged and separated from the dialogue for your listening convenience. Again, that's getupinthecool.com, and click the button that says Patreon. I also offer the show's exclusive bonus content in bulk at a discount. Just go to getupinthecool.com and click the link that says Store. Another way to support the show is to purchase a telegram if you'd like me to read a message on air for another listener of the show. You can also purchase a promotional telegram, and I'll read ad copy for your business, festival, or crowdfunding campaign. You can purchase those by going to getupinthecool.com and clicking store. Which reminds me, big thanks again to Elderly Instruments for sponsoring this episode. You can visit their website at elderly.com. Thanks again to everyone who funds the show. I love making Get Up in the Cool, but it takes a lot of work and I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Thank you so much. If you're unable to support Get Up in the Cool financially, please spread the show around to people who might. I release in a video for every episode, so if you like, follow, and join the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page and group and share the video posts, a lot more people will hear about the show. My schedule for next year is starting to fill up, so if you want to book me, you should do it soon. 
Live Get Up in the Cool episodes can be a great way to raise the profile of your festival or camp and get more people to come out the following year. And while I'm there, I can perform a set or two and teach all levels of claw hammer banjo. For booking, go to getupinthecool.com or cameradewitt.com and click contact. And if you're not an organizer, but want me to come out to your favorite camp or festival, let them know about it. Fan recommendations are way more impactful than me cold calling these places. If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. Season 7 starts next Monday. You can get it wherever podcasts are found. If you're having trouble finding anything I mentioned in this outro, it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page and group. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.